0: Yeah, get ready, folks. Here I come. We're talking receivers. Um, back for the second Roto podcast of the day. Pete Davidson here, as always. Um, um, I hope you caught the quarterbacks uh, this morning. And uh, I'm about to rip off three individual podcasts. Hopefully, all of them in the. Well, this one's probably going to be the longest. Receivers could go over 30 because there's a lot to talk about. Uh, running backs could get a little lengthy if I'm not careful, and the tight ends should be a fairly brief. Uh, discussion so what I'm trying to do here is just sort of walk through the receivers give you an idea of what I'm targeting why I'm doing it um, and just just to talk about where I think um, the breaks the teardrops the really important teardrops where they are um, and and just to give you a feel what I'm doing with the position Uh, and quarterback is really a position excuse me receiver is a position this year that it you know it can disappear quicker than you think. Um, Jim and I pre-recorded the show for Sunday. And for those of you who listen to the show, you'll hear us talking about receivers and. Um you know, we talk about how deep the position is and that can give sort of a false sense of security. There are more viable receiver options than we've ever seen before. I think that's true, but how many of them actually want in your lineup is a different question. And how many of them are predictable weekly scorers is yet another question. Uh, How many of them are gonna be heavily matchup dependent is a question. So we want as many of these receivers who transcend those types of things as possible. Um, So, you know, Knowing which receivers are really difference makers is, good, is going to be important. And that, and that's where we're gonna start here. So, you know, I, my rankings have been up for a couple weeks. Some of the things in there are fairly evergreen. They're not really gonna change. Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, you know, fit that bill. These guys are elite type players. They have elite quarterbacks and they have elite roles. So it's just easy. These guys are first round players. There's no way I'm putting them anywhere else. The guys who become more debatable, you know, and I've already taken Adams fourth overall. Uh, I've taken Hill in the first round several times. Uh, I'm very comfortable with these players. Now, you can make an argument, and Jim Hackett on the show made an argument that uh, Stefan Diggs belongs with those guys. Now, I'm not with Jim, but I can see where he's coming from. Um, The next three guys on my board. I really am am, am willing to take these guys as number one receivers, excuse me, first round receivers, but really they're more fringe and into the second round, and it's Ridley who has got very nice locked-in volume, but I don't know if he has as much as the other two, maybe he does, Um, but his quarterback isn't as good, so right off the bat, Ridley is a knockdown from these other two guys. I love Calvin Ridley, as you guys know. I was a believer in him coming out. I thought the people laughing, you know, knocking him down for his age, I thought it was sort of comical, to be honest. And hey, every now and then I'm right. Um, so, Ridley, I love DK Metcalf. Metcalf is the unusual one in this group because probably doesn't have target floor in the same, you know, range as these other guys because he's got other big dogs on that offense and some conceivable volume issues. But the thing about Metcalf is, if there's a player in the NFL who's going to catch 20 touchdowns this year, I think it's DK Metcalf, and I want some action there, you know? And he seems to, to me, what are the odds that Metcalf, barring injury, finishes as a third-round player? I don't think they're that good. I think he's going to be first or second round. If I'm off by degrees, who cares? I'm in it for the upside, right? So th- these four guys, to me, very easy. And then the next guy is also easy, Stefan Diggs. You want to take digs in the first round, fringe, second round, that's okay. If you want to take digs ahead of Metcalf, even ahead of Ridley, I'm fine with that. These guys are all very tight. It's it's sort of about what you want, you know, what you feel comfortable with. Now, the next guy also sort of special to me. He's a locked-in second-round guy. The next two guys, actually, Justin Jefferson and DeAndre Hopkins, So now we're up to receiver seven. These guys are special. A.J. Brown, the knees seem to be shaping up. I'm not as worried about Julio Jones as some other people. I think it's going to make that offense madly efficient. Lots of big plays. So A.J. Brown, I like a lot. He's my eighth guy. Allen Robinson, my ninth. Keenan Allen, my tenth. Terry McLaurin, 11. Truthfully, Allen's not a guy I target, but there's no way I'm putting him anywhere else in this group. He's healthy right now. The targets are coming. If you're in a full PPR, Keenan Allen's going to be a monster for as long as he stays healthy. So that's 11 guys, just to to wrap. Adams, Hill, Ridley, Metcalf, Diggs, Justin Jefferson, New Hopkins, A.J. Brown, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin. McLaurin is, to me viable anywhere after Hopkins. Um, the reason McLaurin is at number 11 ahead of everybody else is because A, as you guys know, I love him. B, he's healthy. C, he's got a volume role that nobody on his team is knocking him out of. And finally, he has a quarterback who's better than the most, most of the guys he's played with, including college, and has no conscience. His quarterback will just keep throwing. I love that for my receiver. I've talked about you know, not loving the deep connection element between Fitz and McLaurin. And I believe that. I know a lot of people have got data that says otherwise, and that's fine. I don't love it, but it doesn't matter because the early and the the short range and intermediate stuff alone is going to be huge for McLaurin. And let's not kid ourselves. McLaurin's been an effective deep ball catcher without any effective deep ball throwers throwing him the ball. So e- even if Fitzpatrick is suboptimal in the deep ball, as I say, It's no change over what this guy's been experiencing as an NFL player. So McLaurin, for me, is a very safe top 11 guy, and he's where the drop-off occurs. You know, if you want to put Allen or Robinson at 11 instead, then they're where the drop-off occurs, okay? Those are my number one tier guys, or number two if you put Adams and, you know, you can, you know, if we wanted to sit there and break tiers, I'd say Adams and Hill in one, Ridley, Metcalf, and Diggs in another, then Jefferson and Hopkins, in it's here. And then we have this A.J. Brown, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin's here. And then we get into the, the last guy who's technically a wide receiver one. I have Lamb there, but I'm not willing to take Lamb in the second round where everybody else is taking him for what it's worth. Uh, my next guy is D.J. Moore, then Tyler Lockett, Evans and Godwin, then Deontay, who I have viable at that three four turn amari cooper who i love Amari's a stud but same problem with amari that i have with lamb and with galp is that these guys are they're gonna have to fight for the ball and other guys don't have to fight as hard for the ball it's just you know we we have to look at the individual situations that these guys are in it has nothing to do with their individual talent if we traded Devonte adams uh for Amari Cooper and they change teams, Cooper would move up, Adams would move down. That's just the way it is. You know, we, we you have to look at the platform and the, the situation and and then additionally how targets are likely to be distributed. This stuff matters when we add up the fantasy points at the end of the year. Um, I know our egos like to get involved and in, this player is better than that player and blah 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 blah. And that's all well and good. And in a lot of cases, you're probably right. But you know, volume and value are inextricably linked. It's just the way it is. So my first obvious point at receiver is that my advice is to get these 11 guys cleared before you dip into any other receivers. Um, And then after that, you know, there's a lightning. I don't have these guys carrying as much value. Um, You know, so Hopefully, you can get one of these top 11 guys or a better R, you know, RB or maybe a slipping elite top three tight end uh, with your third round pick. That's ideal. Um, now, let's just talk about how this thing evolves, right? So, C.D. Lamb, I'm just going to go through my rankings, and I'm going to start talking... As we get to dips, you know, CD Lamb, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Julio. Um, you know, and Julio, I'm still debating whether I might want to bump him up over Woods and Cup. It's a really interesting choice to make. Uh, then we have Adam Thielen and Brandon Ayuk. And then Jamar Chase, who also, I think, is sort of a point where things get more interesting you know at that and Chase by the way is at 24 you know you could take Higgins over him I think that's reasonable you could take over Odell Beckham for upside I think that's reasonable Uh, Jerry Judy Robbie Anderson Tyler Boyd Cortland Sutton all these guys could be taken over Jamar Chase the reason I have Chase so much higher is because he's got that element where he could turn into the lead dog and touchdown scoring guy on that team with Higgins sort of right behind him Um, and the reason that Chase isn't even higher you You know, before the dropsies, because I pretty much have ignored the dropsies, but uh, Chase has the same problem that uh, Mari Cooper has. Even if he's kicking ass, he's got Higgins and he's got Boyd and those guys are real and they're good too. Um, So when we have the three really good receivers on a team, that can be an issue uh, and it hurts everybody's value. and then we get to the 25th guy on the list who's you know t higgins uh then we get to odell beckham jerry judy uh, robbie anderson tyler boyd Cortland sutton juju uh Devante smith and you know what let's we can sort of see what's happening here right um in fact let's just keep going um chase claypool antonio brown debo samuel kenny galladay and that's the end that's galladay is at 36. so there really is a lot of depth I mean, like that's that's a pretty solid top 36 receivers, but if you're if you're dumping in if you're diving into this, excuse me, too late. Um, if your number one receiver is you know one somebody who comes after, let's say Julio, you know you've got an issue. You, you know you're going to be a little bit light on the top end of your receivers. You're going to have to make that up, and it can be tough to make up at the position because they start going fast at this point. So you know. I'm okay with a robust RB build, but if I do that, if I go robust RB, there's almost no way I'm going tight end two um, or, or, you know, or going quarterback in the fourth. That's going to probably knock me out of those things. Because let's say I go RB, 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 I can't blow off receiver for another two rounds. I need to get involved because if I start taking my receivers in the sixth or seventh round... You know, this isn't best ball. I need to be able to figure out who to play next week, and I may end up being light. So, you know, yeah, there's depth at the position. There's no doubt depth at the position. We're going to talk about a lot more guys who are interesting targets, but it doesn't mean you can build any way you want. And receivers just going to be sitting there waiting for you when you switch over. So, if you're an, you know, if you're a robust RB guy and a mid-range QB guy and a guy who likes to have an elite tight end your receivers are going to end up being light, and you will be chasing at the end. Um, so just sort of, you know, be mindful of that. Um, let's talk about, we left off with Galladay, who's, the, you know, my my wide receiver 36. Um, and, you know, there are some really good players to target after that group, um, you know, has been swallowed up. Um, so... The next guy up is Corey Davis. Then we have LaVisca Chenault, Jalen Waddell, who I may move up even some more here, uh, Curtis Samuel, DJ Shark, Brandon Cooks, and, you know, I, Cooks, Michael Pittman, Marcus Galloway, Will Fuller, Michael Gallup, Michael Thomas. Now we're getting into a weird area. Um, you can see with some of these names, we see upside but not floor, right? That's the area we get into. Uh, Gallaudet, you know. Certainly is a, a big ticket, high money, you know, uh, should have the targets, assuming the Giants don't screw up. Um, but once we get past Galladay, you know, Davis is a jet now. There's a, a team switch, a rookie quarterback. I mean, I like it. I think it's probably going to work. But these things are risky. Um, you know, Chenault is still a guy we need to see actually... You know, we're projecting him to do more than he's done yet. That's always risky. Jalen Waddell, as much as I absolutely love the guy, uh, has an injury history and is a rookie and plays for the Dolphins, and we don't know exactly what the role is going to be right out of the box. Uh, Curtis Samuel's got a team switch. He's been dealing with an injury. DJ Shark has got a new offense, and the coaches are sort of pushing him, which could go either way. I mean, the tough love for Shark could end up being something that works great, and he ends up being a huge value, but Shark could also sort of, fizzle out you know he could sort of go either way at this point i think the talent wins and that's why he's still in my top 100 uh brandon cooks we've got quarterback problems michael pittman we've got potential quarterback problems um and you know we still haven't seen him be a lead dog and go through a whole season without getting hurt you know marquez Callaway, we we already talked about what the issue could be for him um Alright, I think we did. <laughs> but but you know, the thing with Callaway is, you know, it, it's gonna change when, when when Thomas comes back. You know, Will Fuller's gonna miss week one, and then obviously there's always the injury risk. Um so we're getting into an area now where what we're doing actually going forward, I think you starting with like Fuller, what we're doing is we're targeting guys for ceiling, right? Now the next guy up would be Michael Gallup, and we like Gallup because we can get a nice flex, you know, emergency wide receiver three. Um, And we basically pay about his floor price. And then if something happens to one of the other guys, boom, we've got a guy who's like a weekly wide receiver, too. Um, You know, that's a wonderful guy to have on my team. Uh, So I like Gallup, but, you know, he's a guy with multiple scenarios. Uh, Darnell Mooney, a guy who we think could break out. We like targeting him in the scenario, but maybe he won't. Rondale Moore, we think he could be a rookie breakout, but maybe he won't. Henry Ruggs, we love the talent. Could be a second-year breakout, but maybe he won't. Jacoby Myers, if if the kid is the quarterback, he could end up being a volume weapon. But Cam Newton is the quarterback, and eh, it might not happen. So you know, we're getting into a, a you know an area here where we have guys we really like, but there are good scenarios and bad scenarios. Uh, so you know, one way to look at this group is okay to fill a position, I need to take two of these guys to fill one spot. Now, I may end up going 0 for 2, and I may end up going 2 for 2, but on the whole, you know, these guys are hit and miss. Um, you know, it's 2 in the bush versus the bird in the hand. So. You know, if you're going to build a receiver group with guys like this, you're going to need to draft 8 or 9 receivers and be ready to start cutting people when the things don't work out, right? And it's going to take you a couple weeks to figure things out and you could accumulate losses. So, again, we go back to that, these receivers are a lot of fun and they're excellent guys to target, but if you tried to if you try to build a redraft team around these guys, it's going to take a couple weeks to figure out your team if you ever get it figured out. Um, now let's just talk about some guys now who we're targeting, and, and then we're going to get out of the receivers. Because again, I'm trying to do this short, uh, but I want to hit all the key things that, that I that in my view are important. And um, folks, sincerely, I apologize for my voice. I know it's a little, a little uh, hurting here. I've already done one podcast this morning, and we pre-recorded the radio show, uh, so this is my third event of the day, and uh, I'm getting a little scraggly. Sorry about that. Um, So here we're just going to go in. These are all receivers who I've ranked higher than 40, but who I'm targeting. Um, Some of them, just because I think they're good. Some of them, because I think they have a lot of ceiling. Some of them, because they're the kind of players where when they're healthy, I'm very excited about playing them. And I'm a big believer on, like, I'd rather have a Will Fuller than a roster clogger. We'll talk about Fuller in like two seconds. Um, But Fuller's like that primo example of a guy who's great when he's healthy, (laughs) but you know you're going to have weeks where you can't use him. And... There's also that slight risk of the in-game injury. But anyway, um, I mentioned Pittman, Callaway, Fuller, Gallup, um, We've mentioned these guys really like them as good values and guys with a lot of ceiling. Michael Thomas is interesting. I am not as down on drafting Thomas as a lot of people. It's possible he comes back a little sooner than expected. Even if he's out, say, half a season, I can still make a lot of hay in him, with him in the second half. You know, I can win with the guys I drafted in front of pick 100, and then I'm getting Michael Thomas after pick 100. The key thing for Michael Thomas, and it's a huge key, Is what kind of roster space do you have? Do you have, you know, will your commissioner let you put him on IR? If you can IR Mike Williams, excuse me, Michael Thomas, I'm taking him probably ahead of his ADP, drafting him, stashing him, and replacing him in free agency right away. Um, If I can't do that, and I have, he has to take up a bench space, and I only have five players. Well, you're 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 giving up 21% of your bench for who knows how long, and that's that's tough. So in short leagues, I'm not so much into Thomas. But if I'm playing in one of my traditional 20-roster spot, big bench leagues, man, I, I'm i not on the whole forget about Michael Thomas, let somebody else do that. I'm targeting Michael Thomas in that scenario. But it's totally dependent on what happens to me when I take him. If, if, if you've got a league that allows you to stash people, I love it. If you don't, I'm out. It's that simple. Um, Darnell Mooney, straight upside play. Don't know if he's going to hit, but he might. We talked it. Same thing with Rondell Moore. Love him, but it's not a guarantee. Henry Ruggs, love him, but it's not a guarantee. Mike Williams, really like him. Love the quarterback connection. A little worried he's going to get hurt. Jacoby Myers, swings a lot on who plays quarterback. Um, I mean Talk about Marvin Jones. He's a fade for me. Um, I agree with people who say he could be the number one receiver. I just don't see how Marvin Jones can go off. I feel like at best at the very best he's going to be a really good wide receiver three i'm not moving stuff around for that um miko hardman is a guy i am not leaning in on but if he falls far enough absolutely for upside purposes um elijah moore on the jets uh you know a little bit concerned what his value is going to be early on the more he practices the more the coaches pump him up the more I'm going to move him up my board. Uh, I love the idea of getting more as my fourth or fifth receiver and then him becoming a really high-end wide receiver three if he takes off. But I think some people are just assuming it's all going to click right away, and I think you have to be careful with that. This is a player I absolutely love but you're talking about rookie quarterback you're talking about a whole new offense you're talking about other new receivers on the team the jets could be starting three completely new receivers plus a new quarterback plus new guys on the offensive line plus a new scheme you know the idea that this thing's going to click from the get go we don't know that so just don't be too don't get overconfident on Elijah Moore especially earlier in the season i love him as a guy who could ramp up as the season goes on especially if the if the jets deal crowder which i just Keep praying they will, but it doesn't. It, it's starting to look like they won't. Um, another guy, Jalen Rieger, is he going to hit or is he not going to hit? I don't know. But if he does hit, we're talking about a big play guy. Um, if that team starts going well, he could be something. Not to mention, um, you know, as much as I love Devontae Smith, he's an injury risk. Um, Devontae Parker has a lot of upside in a big league. If he stands around late with the injuries that have already happened on that team, I don't mind going after him. Terrence, Terrence Marshall. Obviously now he's like a buzz guy. Everybody's gonna be going after Terrace Marshall. I wrote about him a month or so ago in 4 for 4. Definitely was one of my sleepers. He's fully awake now, uh, but I'm willing to pay market rate for Terrace Marshall, and and you know maybe he could be an upside guy as the season progresses. Uh, Rashad Bateman, I think, is underrated at this point. Probably has more ceiling than people think. Um, Nelson Aguilar, if they go to Jones, I think could be something. Brian Edwards is a potential breakout player this year. I think Nico Collins is a potential breakout player in all these garbage time games. Um, if Paris Campbell stays healthy, I think Paris Campbell is potentially one of the biggest surprise players in fantasy football this year if he were to actually play 17 games now obviously based on his history that feels like a pipe dream and I'm not leaning in on him either but anytime he slips into the area of the draft where I have him ranked I'm going after him I've gotten Campbell probably in about half my draft so I'm on the Paris Campbell thing because what's the risk if I can take a guy like Paris Campbell and then if he gets hurt or if it doesn't work out I just switch to another free agent player because he's you know going that late there's no risk. So I'll just take all that structural upside, and he's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, I'll take that and then just see what happens because there's there's not much risk when you're taking him that late. Uh, Jameson Crowder, same kind of thing. I'll probably take him late in some drafts because he's free, and if he gets dealt before the season, I win. If he doesn't, I can cut him. Um let me see. A.J. Green, I think, is his upside is being undersold in what could be a wide open scheme for people who, in a really deep league, invest in Odell Beckham. If you're worried about Beckham getting hurt, well, use your last pick in a really deep league on like a Donovan Peoples-Jones, and you and you you keep your upside, and now you have some redundancy. Um, you know, I think Randall Cobb is in redraft PPR, a little bit of a sleeper, a little bit of an upside guy. Josh Palmer, um, you know, on the Chargers. There's a lot of these guys. Um, and the key thing is knowing which of these guys really lands on your list and when it's time to start going after them. Um, you know, Scott Barrett and I talked on the podcast last year, um, and, you know, I, and, you know, he, he sort of liked... You know, the way I was talking about it, and I like the way he thinks about it. You know, he's a big upside wins championships chips guy, and I, I'm with him. And I'm a big believer that as, as every round passes, you want to shift more from floor and more to upside. But you don't ever want to get a point where upside is the only thing that matters. I mean, if if a guy's like, hey, he could be the wide receiver one, there's a one in a million chance. That's not upside. That's a pipe dream, right? So we want to think upside in a realistic way. Um, So let's go use one of these guys for an example. You can tell I'm doing this train of thought. Um, uh, Yeah. Okay, Rondell Moore. Let's talk about Rondell Moore. Okay. So. I don't think Rondell Moore has a one in 10 chance of being really good. I think he's got like a three in 10 chance of being really good and maybe a one in 10 chance of going off, right? Um, maybe not Maybe not that much, right? So, you know, you know, and I think there's a better than 50% chance that he is a worthwhile asset. So I feel good about going after Rondell Moore. I think I'm probably going to end up keeping him and I think there's a chance he could make me super happy. These are the kinds of guys we want. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's really about it for the receivers. I mean, I'm going to continually update these rankings so you guys can see where I'm changing and, and, and so on and so forth. But wide receiver is very deep, and you're going to be able to go to free agency to pick up players in almost, in almost any league. But sort of like with the quarterbacks... We don't want to get into a situation where we're just, you know, where we're pushing the position away. We want to stay on top of the position all the way through the draft, look for those fallers, those guys who are great values, pluck them as they fall, and then understand that at some point you need to get serious about the position because you don't want a team full of, you know, as much as I love Marquise Brown, I don't want him as my two receiver this year, right? So, you know, Keep an eye on the runs this year Because the runs are happening at different times At different positions And if you get caught napping, you can get shut out Okay, that's going to be it for the receivers I'll be back, gosh, just, you know In, I don't know, in an hour or so uh, With the running backs And then we'll do the tight ends And then at the end of the day, I'm going to update um, The rankings one more time And there will be cheat sheets Cheat sheets are coming before 5 o'clock
1: Here at way. It's not too late for you passion creeping in intoxication familiar smells of the hotel infatuation I'm no end.